Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined scrumptiously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours, or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Maybe you've heard the comment or complaint that priests don't preach, don't preach on sin anymore. And the smart mouth response to that is, and when they did, did it make any difference? What's striking about today's parable is what the rich man does not do. If we think in terms of the Ten Commandments, notice that the parable doesn't say, 
that the rich man was an idolater, that he worshipped other gods. It doesn't say he broke the Sabbath, or that he stole from anyone, or that he was an adulterer, or a murderer, or any of those things. It says he lived a life of luxury and of gluttony that led him to fail to notice, to love his neighbor, to care for the poor and starving and sick Lazarus, who was right there at his gate. The rich man is condemned to Hades, which we translate as hell, for a sin of omission. There are sins that we commit, and there are good things that we omit or fail to do. And there's no evidence he broke any of the Ten Commandments explicitly, but he, he did fail when it came to the second tablet of the Ten Commandments, which can be summed up by this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this is a powerful parable about how wealth can lead us to fail to, to live charity toward other human beings. And that grave failure can be the cause of the loss of eternal life. This is something we should really reflect on. I'm sure you've heard people say, people today say something like this. I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. I've never killed anyone. Okay, well, that's setting the bar rather low in terms of scripture. Sins of commission are certainly evil, but sins of omission can be equally grave depending on the gravity of the omission. The rich man is living a life of comfort and ease. He's living a life focused entirely on himself. And both of these, of course, are rooted in the capital sin of pride which is a disordered self-love that leads the rich man to be blind to the sufferings of those around him and consequently fail to do anything about it. And that is what Jesus is warning us about in this parable. The hardness of heart that can come with luxury and gluttony and wealth that can lead to eternal damnation, the loss of everlasting life. So on that happy note, let's turn to what love your neighbor as yourself means or should mean in our lives. To, to love the other as oneself puts us in constant tension because the most natural tendency in us is to love ourselves. For the most part, all of us are born crying, crying for our needs to be met. We're born cold, hungry, and then we cry when we need our diaper changed. We're born needy. So what Jesus is commanding us to do does not come naturally to us. However, we have within us that love poured into our hearts at that very important sacrament of baptism, a love which by its nature is divine comes from above, and this love in us allows us to make contact with the sufferings, the concerns, and the joys of our neighbor. 
with this love, which is a Christian love, we can truly identify with each neighbor. Tomorrow, I may be the one who needs the other to identify with me and comfort me. And in this circulation of love your neighbor as yourself, we truly begin to live life in a fuller sense. Otherwise, as we know, human life can become very harsh and arduous and almost impossible to bear. We start to think that, that we're nothing more than bug food. That's not our ultimate destination. It's heaven. But there's more. Your neighbor is another you. My neighbor is another me. And you and I have to love him or her with this in mind. Cry with the one who cries. I don't cry easily, but at least I can cry internally. Laugh with the one who laughs. If they lack knowledge, be ignorant with them. If they lost a loved one, I lost a loved one. You and your neighbor, me and my neighbor, are members of Christ. And if one or the other is suffering or rejoicing, I am too. Today's gospel reminds us that we can't be excused from loving. But when we commit to it and do it, we find new strength, new vigor. Life becomes colorful. And we find answers to a thousand questions why. Because when we love the other as ourselves, we see, we understand. And finally, to love the other as I love myself has to be taken literally. It's not just general advice. I have to be concerned for others as I am concerned for myself. I have to be as concerned for your spiritual life and salvation as I am for mine, and you for your spouse, for me, for your friends, for me, as I'm sure it is for you too. This requires that I convert constantly, time and again, convert time and again, to live the other, to live projected onto the other. And just imagine what it would be like if we all did this, First of all, we would experience true union with God, intimate closeness with God. And secondly, it would be a glimpse of heaven on earth. And our transition from this life to the next would be like going from heaven to heaven. When people put love your neighbor as yourself into practice, they live up to that name Christian. And if previously they were indifferent to one another, they begin to wake up. They take an interest in one another and form bonds. And the church comes to life. Because as St. John tells us in his first letter, chapter 314, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. That is, because we love the other as ourselves. Saint Anthony of Padua, pray for us.